now for my next number, I'd like to return to the classics. Welcome everybody to episode 3 of the Moto Rundown Podcast. Today we are reviewing um, the second round of the NZMX Championship in Balclutha in the Deep South Island. Deep South? Deep South? Actually I don't know if it's classed as Deep South. Anyways, in the South Island. Mixed reviews on the weekend. But overall, decent event I would say. Decent event. Um, but coming up later on the show, we have a South Islander local himself, Jack Trelaw. He'll be calling in. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get into it. All right, let's get into this episode now. Now, I want to talk track, location, all that jazz. Um, so, first up, for me, bottom of the South Island. It's already putting a little bit of a negative energy into my brain. You know, it's a long way to travel. But at least it's not too far from a domestic airport. That's always a bonus. Which, before I go any further, side note, side rant. I was disappointed there was no food, good food options at the Dunedin airport. I mean, call me whatever. But I drove to the airport after racing. And there's not a lot of food options on the way there. I was expecting, I was just, even, even some hot chips, you know? I wasn't expecting Maccas, but, you know, something a bit more than a relay and, you know, basically a coffee cart, you know? So, Dunedin Council, up your game, please. Alright, get back to it. See, Balclutha as a town, I don't actually mind, you know? Track's basically in town. Decent amount of accommodation. That's convenient. Not many places to eat out the night before. Again, common theme. I like my food. So I don't have good food. I'm a little upset. But the town seemed reasonable enough. Although, to say no to the meth sign as you drive in, that's, um, I don't know what to think about that. Is that like a, is that an issue? Is it, is it the Huntley of the South Island? I mean... I just really can't be bothered looking into it. So if anyone knows, let me know. Um, facility itself, it gives me Coolum vibes, you know. Near town, sand, flat. So, you know, I had my hopes up. I didn't mind the last time we went down. And track walk, bum to seat next to no berms. Now that's, that's a problem when you've got a flat track. Because all, you, all you're promoting is 
inside ruts flaring out. So then you end up one line track, one fast way around. So I was a bit annoyed by that because it really um, hindered the racing. By the time everyone sort of set on their grooves and you had your groups riding around, they were literally riding around. There was no racing. So what the club needed to do after the weekend, they needed to go around and see what parts of the track were used and not used. And I don't actually know, do they run a summer series or a winter series? Either way, that's the easiest way when you've got a one-line track. Just go around the end of every race day. See what parts are used. If there's sections that aren't being used, like half the turns, you know, you're entering on a patch that's no wider than 30 centimetres. You've still got two metres of track that aren't being used. Think. Okay, we're going to change it up for the next one. And if we get small lines, that's great. If it becomes a dominant line, then you need to knock it back. So that was the biggest thing. The track layouts, like the base layout's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it really needs some berms to give a second option that's... You're not going to lose 10, lose 10 seconds if you take a berm, you know? If it's a real wide outside, it needs to be somewhat equal to the inside so that's a hard balance to find but again easy to do if you go around the end of the day and see what needs to be done um soil i think the stores the soil here is pretty stellar to be honest i is is it pumped out of the river was it initially pumped out of the river like marissa i don't know either way the soil is what made this round real gnarly i mean <laughs> There was like a few endos. Yeah, that was pretty good, you know. But, side note, after the finish table, that like double, double dragon's back thing, what's the point of that? You know, I saw some people get hella sketchy through there. I thought, I saw a few MX guys like having a chat with Jesus like as they're going through the year, you know, like some gnarly close calls on that. I don't know why they should make it another tabletop or a double or something, you know? Something a bit safer than that. Like, I know um, Jed and Hamish tripled onto the top of that. But that's like, that requires like balls of steel, you know? Like, you couldn't pay me money to have a crack at that. So, yeah, I think that needs to be changed. And I think everyone's on the same page as, what's that? What's the go with the first turn, you know? I mean,. It kind of worked because there was no big pile-ups, but if you were in the top few, say, you started last, by the time you got through turn, the top guys are already at the, the first jump, you know? So, I think they need to go back to how it initially was. You had a bank first turn. Everyone just blends in there sweet. No issues. But yeah, the common consensus for the track... Better than last year, which isn't what we all what we all want. Have tracks better than last year. Have events better than last year. Um, I must say though, even though it sounds like I'm harping on quite badly at the club, the fact the club put their hand up to run an event, I couldn't be more um stoked about. You know, I don't know what the behind the scenes are, like how if there's fees involved with running these events, you know. Like, 
MNZ crying poor and getting all this money for metric fees, wondering where it goes. But yeah, and they actually took it upon themselves to hand out spot prizes, I believe they were. Yeah, spot prizes, like Motormark products and I think there was an ice bath or something in there. So that was a real cool initiative of the club. And this wasn't the club's fault, but Stu, you, these, that briefing was pretty bad, you know? Like, a five-minute briefing dragged out for, like, 15 minutes. And it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen at a motocross meeting. I mean, how give me a mic. I'm not a great speaker, but I could have had a better crack at it than that was. That was pretty embarrassing for a national event. So, yeah, that needs to be cleaned up for the next few rounds. And I think that's pretty much all I've got to say. I'm on the fence about whether a lunch break is necessary or not. I guess it depends on what the club wants. But that seemed to drag on more than half an hour. And what else? The club grounds, well maintained. Had wash base, that's always a bonus. That might actually be a mandatory thing, I'm not sure. A little overboard when we're coming in the pit. Or can't... Don't go over your square. We're going to be tight for space. I mean, we had like less than 100 people at this event. Piss poor numbers. We weren't filling up that... Um, we weren't filling up the pits, that's for sure. And also, can we like... Get some consistency with the prize giving? I know Rotorua. They hand out the trophies after every race. Like the final motos. Which I like. You know, kill the bikes and start lines so everyone gets their five minutes to give a speech or whatever. I thought that was going to be the case here, but no, they had a separate thing at the end of the day, which was annoying. I couldn't get, um, couldn't listen into the interviews. I couldn't take photos because I was already on my way to the airport to catch that flight out. Actually, I was at, at Subway, but you get what I mean. So can can we have some consistency, people? Because that nothing annoys me than having a schedule and it changes last second and righty da da da. Can we just have a consistent schedule for the final two rounds, please? Um, yeah, that's kind of my spiel. A little sloppy, but the, I don't know the bones are there. Yeah, that sort of sums up my thoughts on the track and events. Um, yeah, I want to hear you guys' opinions. Shoot me a DM or whatever. I'm curious to know everyone else's thoughts. Um, but yeah, before we move on to this, I just want to, again, thank everyone for listening in. I'm hoping that you guys are noticing a little bit of improvement each week. You know, this isn't my job. I'm not getting any money from it, which, in saying that, if anyone wants to sponsor the show, I mean, I have no issues with that either. But yeah, this isn't my job. This isn't my forte on skills. So I'm... I am trying to get these a little better for you guys. So yeah, feedback always helps. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into the let's get into the guts. The meat and potatoes of the show. Alright, jumping into MX2. We first place on the weekend, defending champion Cody Cooper. Fastest clock qualifier. Two motor wins and a second place in that final motor gets him the overall for the day. I mean yeah. It was almost a flawless day from Coops. Nailed his starts, which is extremely key around this track. 
and yes, put in the consistent laps. And yeah, had no no fusses. Yeah, that second moto, decent start, not quite the whole shot. Yeah, by the time he moves his way up in the second, Caleb had already checked out, settled in, and now he sits comfortably in the points lead. Also, props to Coops. And this is a little thing I'm a little annoyed about. Can we get like a, a celebration or something over the finish line? Like a fist pump? Or I don't expect everyone to um, do a heel clicker like Coops did in that second moto, which was pretty awesome. But yeah, come on, guys. A little bit of something. Give me a little something. But yeah, no. Salad day from Coops. Second place for the day. Australian Kayla Board. Now, Caleb got progressively better through the day, much like Rotorua. 5-2-1 finishes, second overall. Yeah, he's really butchered that um, start in that first race, and with the track being pretty one-line and hard to pass, every pass he made <laughs> just got harder and harder as you progressively get through faster people. Now to start on the last race, top three from memory. Pressure James, got by him. And yeah, rode a really, really smooth race and brought home that win in the final moto, which makes it a moto win every time he's been at this track. He got this first one there in 2020. It's the second moto here. That overall victory is still eluding him. But I'm sure um, Pukakaro Taranaki, if he has a start still, I won't be surprised if he gets that overall win. Rounding out the podium from the weekend, we've got James Scott. Two, three, three motor scores for the weekend, third overall. I don't know, it didn't look as good as the first round, I must say. His starts were pretty good. His speed was pretty decent, but yeah. He either didn't start him first and couldn't catch first, or he started him first and dropped back. Which, in that last race, he had the whole shot. I mean, he led for a little bit, but looked like he tightened up a little bit. Didn't quite have the same flow as Caleb. But either way, he's still right on the points hunt, so can't really be too mad at that. I'm sure he'll be excelling at these final two rounds, Red Clay. His home track is Red Clay. So he's going to definitely bring the, bring the pressure for the final two rounds. Alrighty, now let's run through the rest of the top 10 in 4th place from the weekend, Jack Simon. Now, I know last episode of the review, I didn't think anyone outside the top 4 at the time would crack the top 3, and here we are. Jack Simon got his first top 3 in a motor, in that first motor. I'm not shocked. He is a local. And yeah, I didn't expect to come into the week in the track to be as one line. So Caleb's poor start definitely helped to that. But nevertheless, he definitely definitely fought his way into that position. Because from memory, he he went down while Ryan King was running third. He went down. And I thought, alright, that's a podium spot over. And he clawed his way and he got into third in the last handful of laps. So yeah, now that was a stellar, stellar performance. Be curious to see if he brings this momentum into back into North Island. 
And another South Islander getting into the top five, Ryan Harris. Now, this name I'm not familiar with, but I do know he's from South Island. And it showed quite a quiet day. Like, he was there, but didn't show anything flashy. But he just put in a couple of consistent motos and knocked out a fifth overall. So, yeah, I would not be complaining with that result at all. Again, same as Jack. I really hope to see if he brings that momentum into North Island. Because I don't believe there's many clay tracks in the south. Um, sixth place, Jared Hannon. Um, haven't got too much to say. Looked as normal as he always does. Seventh place, Curtis King. Now this one's actually pretty surprising. Talk about a night and day difference from the first round. He actually looked competitive. And um, yeah, I was not actually expecting that. I think he ran top five in almost every moto at some stage. And you look like he doesn't have the fitness to run that speed, but I mean, you can't complain. This is something you build off. Um, eighth place is younger brother Ryan King. Now, eighth place doesn't sound very good, but it should be a lot higher. He did have a mechanical DNF at the end of, I think, the second race. Which is very unfortunate because he was running in a top five position. So theoretically, he should be fourth, fifth on the day. But mechanical DNFs happen. So he sits here in eighth. Ruben Smith, ninth. Yeah, double classing on the one, two, five. Luke Heafy, he's a South Islander. Not bad, not bad. So overall, looking at this top ten, got some new faces. Some faces aren't there. Some people stepped up. Some people weren't on the point and some are right where you expect them um so yeah let's run let's run through this top 20 mitch weir south island man not too bad kobe burke kobe looked a lot better at this round than the um first round had a bike dnf in that first one that bike sounded horrible definitely motor related um, Logan Denise in 13th, 14th Cardinal Headley, 15th Tyler Cooksley, 16 Liam Hoffman, I believe he's South Islander as well, 17 Bradley Hamburger, nice name, that's actually pretty sweet, 18th Yanni Emerson, 19th Brendan Hall, and rounding up the top 20, Sam Courtson. All right. And 28 in the MX2 class, which is not too shabby for a South Island round, but definitely can be a lot better. Let's touch on the under-19s MX2 class. Jackson Wine first, Ryan Harris second, Jared Hannon third, Ryan King fourth, and Ruben Smith fifth. And funny enough, that's um, all the riders in the top five in the championship as well. The champion standings, Jackson Mon in first, nine ahead of Ryan King, like Jared Hannon, 12 behind, Ruben Smith and Ryan Harris. That's the top five in the championship. So a nice little battle going there. It'll be interesting to see how that goes in the future. And just a quick glance over the MX2 championship. So we've got Cody Cooper, the points leader in first, four ahead of James Scott. Um, third of three behind him is Caleb Ward in third. Now that's definitely a tight battle. This is going to be 
thrilling. Jackson Martin in fourth, Jared Hannon fifth, Ryan King sixth, Ruben Smith seventh, Kobe Brook eighth, Maddox Dixon in ninth. Expect him to drop out after the next round. And Ryan Harris sitting in tenth. Alrighty, diving into the MX1 class now. First place on the weekend, Jed Beaton. He had a very, very impressive day. Showed a lot more outright speed than the first round. And quite clearly was the quickest ride of the day. Even though Hamish had a faster time than that first one. Yeah, qualified first. First in the first race. Second in the second. And won the last race. Again, Jed, I'm sure if you listen to this, I know you're a big fan. I'm joking. Give us a fist pump, please. If you've got a nice lead, a little fist pump. Come on, a little bit of... A little bit of enthusiasm. No, he was... Between him and Hamish, the speed they were carrying around the track was just ridiculous. I mean, they're just so... So quick. But like third lap, like... Third place didn't even have a chance of even spying him on the track. Like, it was just ridiculous. No, he looked a lot more impressive this weekend. He will be a big threat coming to the final round. Yeah, this championship's going to go right down to the wire, right down to the final mode, I reckon. Um, second in the day, Hamish Harwood. Now, Hamish is still nursing a broken hand, just remember that. Which, again, he didn't re wasn't really pushing it to the limits. Like, don't get me wrong, definitely pushing, but don't think he's really going to risk that last 2% of energy to try and make a move on Jed, or close in on Jed. Sort of just picked his battles, like a second race. Narrowly held onto the win from Jed, which is definitely really key, considering these two are just going to swap back and forth between motors all, all series. But yeah, 2-1-2. Two, two. Can't complain with that. I imagine by the next round, which we have about a month's break, I believe, he should be fully ready to go and ready to... Really fight Jed for motor wins. Um, third on the day, Hayden Smith. Welcome back to the podium, Hayden. Now, I'd say he has made the biggest jump out of anyone in this class between round one and round two. You now, last minute deal to ride Coop's bike in MX1, since Coop's off to drop down for solely focus on MX2. Decent day at the first round. Now, today really looked good, but yeah, he's just... As he said in the podium, still lacking that little bit of fitness. But him and Jack Trelaw are going to be fighting out tooth and nail for the final podium position in the championship. Which, speaking of Jack, fourth on the day. Again, he's missed out on the podium ever so slightly. 3 4 4. Narrowly clinches to third place in the championship, which we'll get into later tonight. Um, fifth place, Josh Jack. Now, this was probably the loneliest ride of anyone over the weekend. 555 and just in his own little world, it seemed like. You know, he'd hang on to third, fourth for a good chunk of the race and then slowly fade back into his own groove. Which, uh, yeah, I don't think he'd complain with sitting fifth in the championship, fifth on the day. Just solid. Sixth on the day with three consistent. Sixth place finishes. 
Tyler Steiner riding on the Bike Force RMZ 450. Again, polar opposite results from round one to round two. I believe he's got a suspension dialed now, which he was really fighting the last few months. And I think this is a bit more than what we were expecting. I'm sorry, he didn't get 3 6. 9 6 6. Six of the roll in the day. So he should be sitting here more often. Seventh on the day, Sam Cuthbertson. I'm pretty sure he's originally from Dunedin, but he just looking as steady as ever. Nothing outrageous compared to past years. His biggest thing is making it to the final round. So if he carries on just putting in consistent motors like he is at the moment, I'm sure he'll be just fine. Um, eighth on the weekend, the local rider. I'm, when I say local, I mean local. Madison Ladder. Again, way better than the first round. Not sure how much it is to do with being in his home track. So we'll see in the future, but definitely notice him a lot more. Ninth on the weekend, Luke Maitland. Okay, sidebar, as I'm always going to do when I'm mentioning Luke. He really needed the extra 200 cc's. I mean, watching him and qualifying even, just hanging off the back, just wedged and just had no show. But sorted his shit out. He got better through the day. He's got his starts a bit better. And I'm not sure if anyone actually caught this. He ended up doing... <laughs> Two trips over the bar over the day. One in qualifying, which was right in front of me. Dropped the front over. One of the burns right before the switchback. That was quite funny. Did a bit of a... No free sum move. Bit of a kiss of death. And then... Was that in the second race? I think in the second race he did the same thing as well. Yeah, that kind of hurt him on the overall results. But cleaned up for the last race. Got a seventh, which... By the time the track had sort of moved out, you could find a little harder bottoms and not be as much of a disadvantage. And I think he was probably the only one in the whole class, maybe even in the whole lineup for the whole weekend. Not running a Santai, that's a bit of a mistake on our behalf. Because I didn't even recall it being this soft a few years ago. Obviously, I didn't go last year. Oh well, we'll um, remember for next time. I'm sure next time we come down, he'll be on a 450 anyways and won't be lacking the extra power he needs. 10th um, on the weekend, Hayden Wilkinson. Pretty pretty good, pretty good. And I, don't have, I don't have much to say when we get starting back here. You know, everyone... The thing with this class, the first few laps were chaotic. And once everyone sort of got into position... There was not really any passing. Everyone sort of just rode around. Um, yeah, so that was your top 10 for the weekend. Alrighty, now we'll just run through the rest of the top 20. Um, 11th, Toby Winniata. 12th, Nick Diarcy. 13th, Max Singleton. 14th, James Rowntree. 15th, Ezra Holmes. 16th, David Jordan. 17th, Seth Thompson. Again, Seth had a really, really good first motor. Sixth, actually, which is incredible. But he's dealing with a nasty ankle injury, which I don't think he's going to finish out the rest of the series. So that's a bummer if that happens. Um, 18th for the number 18, Josh DeRoos. 
9th, Liam Hutton. And 20th, Liam Kerr. And I'm already back here, so I might as well finish out the rest of the class. 21st, Zach Nolan. 22, Josh Benson. So yeah, 22 rides in MX1 this weekend. Yeah, not not great. Not bad, not great. But, I mean, we are travelling to the bottom of the South Island for most of us. It's quite a big cost, no matter if you're flying down and paying someone to cart your stuff down. Or you drive down yourself. Big cost, so it's not very appealing for many people. So yeah, MX1. We'll dive into the championship standings right now. This is real juicy right here. Hamish Harwood in first and Jed Bead in second. Eight points separating them. Now, if I were you, I'd be booking tickets to get down to Taranaki for that final round. Because I think the kitchen sink's going to get thrown at these two. And it's going to be an absolute stellar, stellar series. Um, third, Jack Trelaw. Fourth, Hayden Smith. Four points between them two. So again, another, another intense battle in the top ten. Um, Jack, Tr oh, sorry, Josh Jack in fifth. He's sort of a lonely fifth. Not too far up from fourth. Not too far ahead of sixth. So, yeah, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he'll be sitting comfortably. Sixth, Sam Cuthbertson. Seventh, Luke Maitland. Four points between them two. So, lots of small gaps. Again, little groups everywhere with good battles going to happen. Eighth, Josiah Natsuki. Like, can someone tell me if he's going to do the final two rounds? I really think he should. I mean, Canada doesn't start till May or June. And I don't think he's... There's not much else happening between then, so he really should come out and give Pookie and Taranaki a good crack. And he might get a decent spot in the championship still. Um, Madison Ladder in ninth, and Tyler Steiner up to 10th. That's MX1, people. Again, lots... Lots of little storylines in here. Lots of type battles for certain positions. Type battle for first. Type battle for third. Type battle for sixth. Type battle for eighth, ninth, tenth even. Alright, and just to wrap out the results part of this show. I'm just going to loosely touch on these other classes here. Um, so clean sweep in the women's class from... Karaitiana... Again, if someone knows I'm saying it wrong, please let me know. Um, yeah, clean sweep. Got a firm grass on this series. And yeah, just a league above everyone else. I think she said she's going to have crack a couple of Aussie Nationals. So yeah, that'll actually be quite good to see where she sits over there. Um, three second places from Taylor Rampton. And a podium finish from Talia Heelson. Um, let's see here. MX25. Ruben Smith, clean sweep. Seth Morrow in second place, and Wills Harvey in third. It's a good battle in the top three, but outside of that, there's not really a lot happening. And again, my personal um, opinion is we need to re this class should be retired after this season and go towards a more a system similar to what um, Queensland run in the Sunshine State MX series. You know, something that's more focused on grading skills rather than just having a bunch of juniors running around in a 1-5 class. That's my opinion. 
Um, jumping in the MX3, Cameron Hunger, Brad Thomas, and Jakan Horn. Um, just one more point before we go. I mean, I felt bad for the women to go down there. Now, it's a long way. Pretty sad entries. And they sort of just felt like they got pushed to the side a heap. Like, not a lot of focus on them. Which, yeah. I hope in the future, if we do go down south, that we don't bring the women with us. Because there's not much depth to this class, you know. It's better than what it used to be when it's just ran with the vets. But I think it should just stay in the North Island. And that's going to wrap up the results portion of this. So, without further ado, I'll get this man on the line. Here it is, people. Jack Trelaw. Stay tuned. Alright, everybody. Welcome back to the NZMX National Recap. And joining me on the line, this guy finished fourth on the weekend. So, just shy of the podium. He rides for the Honda Racing New Zealand team. That's the South Islander, Jack Trelaw. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, man. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Sort of, yeah, made it through the weekend. Everyone got home in one piece, so I guess that's yeah, sort of the, that's the go, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. As long as you come home in one piece, that's all that matters, really. Yeah, so before we get into the weekend, I'm going to rewind back to Taupo last year. You actually managed to score a moto podium in um, coming which round three or four, but I imagine that would have been a stellar feeling. Yeah, definitely. I had a, a pretty tough preseason. I was coming back off a off a broken back and a and a dislocated hip and a, a screwed up pelvis. So my preseason wasn't great. It was basically just learning to ride and and walk and stuff again. So that was tough. And then I got in contact with Jeff Scott and that was able to get a ride and some parts through him and and then that kind of all went from there. And then. Yeah, it was a tough year, but at Taupo I was able to able to get on get on the box um, in a moto after going down in the first turn. So it was pretty crazy. I definitely showed what I had and my speed that I had there, and yeah, then it was yeah, it was pretty crazy. Would you say that ride led um, to your current deal? Yeah, one hundred percent. Before that, I was having some good rides. I was maybe got a couple fourths, fifths, and then I also had some pretty average ones where I'd go down and get sixteenth or whatever. And we had a couple of DNFs um, with bike problems and stuff. So um, that third really showed how good I was going and and um, the potential I had. So definitely, that was the make or break for me. Yeah. So you finish off your season on a Cadium two fifty. You get yep. the call from Honda. Now you're only a CRF four fifty. What was that transition yep. like? Oh man, it was it was tough. I got they sent me a bike to try and and I liked it and it had had potential, but I knew that, you know, being a rookie year I couldn't really expect too much. Um, you know, not just jumping from jumping from brands, you know, it's the that step up to the four fifty. Um like it's it's a whole nother beast to try hold on to. So yeah, it's it's been tough, but I'm actually I'm slowly getting there and happy with how I'm progressing. Yeah, exactly. And can't forget that. How old are you? Sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm only twenty. Yeah, so you're not even technically fully developed as a as a man. So it's a it's a whole nother task on top of that to 
race a four fifty at a um competitive level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's um it's tough, but I'm enjoying the challenge. Yeah, so um speaking of challenge, being based in the South Island, it um must be hard to get good competition down there and get testing days in with a team and whatnot. Um, yeah, it is tough, but um, I got a really good team down here with uh, Keegan and the Holmeses who own who own South and Honda. They're real good at, at developing bikes. Um, you know, they they build probably the uh, you'll probably know it, the Brent Monroe Challenge. They build the fastest four fifty for that, and they oh, know cool. how to set up bikes. Crazy. Yeah, they, they're crazy at setting up bikes and, and they're real knowledgeable. So um, having them in my corner is real good. And then um, I've got a suspension guy down home in Invercargill too. So those South and Honda and Mike at Level Up Suspension, you know, they, they go above and beyond for me to, to get me comfy and stuff. And, and the competition-wise isn't actually too bad. Um, there's, there's Jackson on and I do a lot of riding with Mitch Weir and, and – um, a few other local boys down here so we we make it work but yeah it is tough but i like it do you have any options down there for racing and press um, practice tracks yeah we got a lot of private tracks and then we got a, a pretty sick sand track um the sand where they had junior nationals um that's sick i do a lot of practicing and training there and we do a lot of test days there as well um south and honda and level up suspension and myself we're, we're we're always out there testing so that's sick and yeah a lot of private tracks um so uh, there is there's actually quite a bit of variety down here so we make it work cool and I've, um during the winter i also spied you up here a couple of times um how do you find the tracks and stuff up these ways yeah, no, it was sick. Um, it was when, yeah, during the winter, I had a couple of test days with Honda at Tokoroa and we did a couple Taupo club days and battle with the teams and, and stuff like that. So um, it was good to get a, get some solid riding up there and just get used to the tracks. And, and the biggest thing was probably just the bike, being around the team to try to get used to the bike and, and make it work for me. Yeah, definitely. So fast forward, um we're at Woodville, and you seem to do pretty well there. Was that your first time there, or had you um, raced it in the past? Yeah, uh, I'd only raced there once as a junior, and then once in MX2, and both times I got smoked. I think I got fifth in the Junior 250, and then MX2 in 2021, I got 16th or something. I was getting lapped, I was getting smoked, so going in, I was a little bit like... Oh, I don't know. I was a little bit nervous, you know. Every time I've been there, stuff hadn't gone my way. But man, I loved it. It was sick, deep ruts, especially when it rained and it made it slick. It it made it quite challenging and and slowed the track down quite a bit. So that suited me. Yeah, definitely. And then next weekend, we're at probably one of the gnarliest road roads we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Um, how was that weekend for you? Leading the first race, weren't you? Oh, that was sick. Um, I, yeah, first moto, I started probably about fourth, and by halfway around the first lap, I charged into the lead. And then, yeah, um, Hamish was behind me, and I was just doing enough to stay in front of him and started edging away, edging away, and we got to about 15, 16 minutes to go, and 
Oh, came together with a laffer at the bottom of the bottom of one of the hills, um, and I went down. So that was a little bit frustrating, but the rest of the day went pretty pretty good after that as well. What were your thoughts on that track? I mean, it was definitely um, a very brutal track, but it was um, raceable, like many options. You didn't have an excuse for um, following, that's for sure. Yeah, the the track was um, track was gnarly, and and you could go wherever you know. There was massive ruts. There was heaps of fast lines. Like it, it didn't funnel funnel down to one quick rut or whatever. You could you could change your lines up every lap and, and still be running pretty consistent lap times. So it made it good, made it for good racing, and especially having Josiah Natsuki and stuff there too. It um, shook things up a bit. Yeah, definitely. I did feel bad for you guys because you got rain pretty much every race. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was bad, but um, nothing that I'm not used to living in Southland. It's what we do most of our motos in during the winter. So it's just another day at the farm, really. Yeah, what what would you say the ratio of wet to dry days at the track are down south? No. Uh, They've actually been pretty good these last couple of years. Um, now that Sampa is um, built, they've built it up heaps. So you can ride there all year long. So before I could, I was only riding uh, six to eight months of the year because it was too wet. But now I can ride all year all year long with, with that place. So um, I'm very fortunate to have access there. Does it hold up well in the summertime? Yeah, it does actually. Um, obviously, it gets dry and gets a bit powdery, but um, a few guys out there push the powdery stuff away, and and it does hold the moisture quite well. So it always gets rough as so it's good, good for training and good for all year round riding. Yeah, right. So then, moving on to this past weekend, Belclutha. Are you happy that we have around the South Island? Yeah, I'm happy. I, I feel like it's good for the sport, you know. Um, there's there's a lot of a lot of major brands in the South Island that contribute to the nationals. I find even bike shops and everything, you know, the Honda's most selling, you know, dealership is in the South Island and stuff like that that contribute to our to our racing. So it it is good, um, but yeah. I can see why a lot of the North Islanders don't want to come down when the South Islanders don't want to step up. So it is a little bit disappointing, but it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so first moto on the podium, that would have had to um, feel good. Yeah, that was sick. Um, got a good start and, and latched onto the front two early for a, for a handful of laps and a few mistakes. And, man, they were on a different level. So they checked out and... Um, and luckily, they towed me along a bit to get me away from Hayden and Aiden Smith and Josh Jack and and um, the other boys. So um, I rode quite a lonely third that whole moto, but I I enjoyed it. Yep, and second and third most didn't quite didn't quite um, get the job done and get on the podium, unfortunately. But nah, it was um, yeah, it was tough. Uh, got a. Basically did the same thing in Moto2, got a good start, was able to gap those guys pretty early on and then, man, just hit the deck and and um, took me a little little while to regather myself and by that time Hayden had, had gone past me so I had to, um, had to try regroup and, and make a charge but I just couldn't quite get it done 
and same with the same with the third moto. He got a really good start, and you know we we went back and forth the whole moto. It was sick, but I uh, just yeah I just couldn't couldn't make a pass stick. The track was pretty hard to pass, so um, yeah, a little bit disappointed, but it is what it is. We had some fun, and that's I'm in one piece, so that's all that matters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Hayden seemed to be the most improved rider out of anyone between round one and round two. So he's going to make you work for that podium spot in the final standings, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's got a he, – he's going good. He's got a lot of um, good race results to his name, you know. And last last year he, he kicked my ass in MX2, so it does feel good to, um, to be up with him this year and and be more towards the front. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really want to have a chat with you about South Island in general. Yep. Because there's no one better to talk about the South Island than a South Islander. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you've obviously raced the South Otago track for many, many years. How do you yeah. feel it's stacked up this weekend compared to previous years? Um. Yeah, the the moisture and everything was good. The lines were good, but um, compared to other years, I I really liked the old layout they had in twenty eighteen before they got a senior nationals. There, it was quite wide open and flowy, and a lot of a lot of split sections and everything. So it made it for good racing. And then I don't know why, but they changed it for that twenty twenty nationals. I believe yep. it made it quite tighter and which made it one line like it's a sick track sick soil but um yeah it's just yeah it's a little bit tight in one line but hey i'm not the one designing and i'm not putting effort in to make the track so i think i was saying on the um on the mics that um ben townley had a hand in designing that layout yeah he um he came down and raced quite a few races races there even when he was preparing for um his last stint in europe on Suzuki. on Suzuki, yeah, he he came down and, and did a few races there, and even on a KDM two fifty in twenty eighteen or nineteen, I was still a junior, and, and he showed up and and went mean. So yeah, I think he had quite a bit to do with it. Um, but yeah, it's the layouts. The layouts all right, but I think if they added some more options in, like some some bowl turns or something, it, it would make for a, a little bit better racing, so we could get you know a little bit more. A little bit more neck and neck. Yeah, that was sort of my biggest um, takeaway from the weekend was that once everyone sort of got settled after the first and second lap, next to no passing happened, and it's hard to look at um, corners where they have four ruts in them, but if they all lead to the same um, exit point, then it's just as good as having one line in the turn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that was the biggest problem. Um, in, in years past, obviously, growing up and riding there quite a bit, um, the corners have been quite quite banked and everything. So uh, there has been different options. And I don't know for, um, I don't know what happened this year, um, even compared to when I last raced there, there was a few more berms and stuff. But, yeah, as I said, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not designing it. I'm not putting my time in. So... Um, I can't really complain. Oh, exactly. I mean, the club put their hand up to host at an event, so you can't bash them too hard. Nah, nah, definitely not. But yeah, I definitely felt more turns needed 
to um need to have yeah that second option it doesn't have to be equal to the fast line because it's always going to be the main fast line around the track but if you can have a line that sort of equals it or just back from it it um will definitely make things a lot better like even um how do you find navigating lap traffic Oh, yeah. The lap, tra- lap traffic was pretty tough. And especially with it being kind of one fast line and, and all the ruts leading to one exit, it, it made it tough, especially through the trees um, with lap traffic. You could really um, lose or gain a lot of time there, especially if you if you played it well um, by getting through someone. If you're in a battle, getting through someone, a lap rider just before the trees or whatever, you could you could definitely gain a bit of time with them being stuck behind them. But that also, you know, can easily go the other way the next lap with someone else being in your way. But um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was tough. But at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. And as a racer, you just have to you just have to deal with stuff like that. So, um, but nah, made it made it pretty tough for the for the whole day. Yeah, definitely. Um, another big talking point from the weekend was that first turn. <laughs> I want to know what you thought about that one. Oh, man, I don't know. I I don't know what the rules are or whatever, but the hay bale was, a, was yeah, I I'm not sure. Um, last time I raced there, I got knocked out, so I can't remember what the, what the first time oh, turn was like. But, I yeah, I don't. I don't know if there was a bail there or not, but yeah, that was that was pretty crazy, and I, I'm surprised the majority of the classes got through pretty unscathed. So, um, but yeah, just typical grass start doesn't doesn't worry me. Um, one less thing they have to worry about as well. So, um, yeah, didn't worry me, but I'm just surprised everyone got through got through pretty clean around that bail. Yeah, I was fully expecting a um a shoulder barge or something slide down the grass. I mean, that almost happened yeah. a couple of times, but. I mean, everyone made it through in one piece, so I guess it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah. Would you, when we talk about South Island venues, would you put, pardon me, would you put this at the top of the list or is there other places nah. where you feel would be better suited for the job? Um, where we had Junior Nationals um, last year at the Sandpit, um, and in Vicargill, that that place is next level, man. If you if you look up Southland Motorcycle Club and you see the work that they've put in it and the track and the facility there, the wash bays, the watchtowers, everything, man, it's um it's so sick. That's that's at my top of the list, and thankfully that's only half an hour from my house. And um yeah, Bakluth is up there because the soil's so so nice. Um, just the layout probably needs a little bit of work and. It's a shame Canterbury doesn't really have any decent tracks. I don't even can't remember any um wasn't any the, tracks wasn't around there. Backflips? Was it backflips? Yeah, was that that's sick. There? Yeah, that yeah Tamaru. Yeah, that place is sick. Um, is that still there? I think, I think they're trying to sell it. Um, right. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's sick. Um. And then, yeah, nothing to us around there. And then there's the Throne Track in Blenheim. That is that is crazy. Um, that would be cool to have an event, a lot of elevation and stuff. Um, is that so a yeah, private track only... or a club track? Sorry. Um, I'm not 100% sure that Tommy Dillon um, runs it and owns it. Um, so I think they've had a few races there before, but it would be pretty 
pretty hard. There's a lot of elevation and, and you jump over a lot of hills and stuff. So you'd probably need probably about 20 flag marshals and stuff just to, just to keep it safe and, and stuff like that. So I, I can't see and can't see a senior nationals ever being held there. Um, it would just be between uh, Invercargill, Clutha and Timaru if they ever got it back going. Um, I'm not even sure if it's, yeah, if it's still going or not, but yeah. Invercargill and, and Timaru are at the top of my list for the South Island. Um, I believe, that, is there a track in Cromwell? Yep, Cromwell. Yep, that's that's pretty cool too. Um, I don't know what the go is with that. I still ride there quite a bit with my partner being in, in Queenstown, so when I go up there and I need a ride, we just shoot across half an hour to Cromwell. Um, that's, that's cool. They only have one race there a year because of... Because all around them is like commercial and and houses and stuff like that. So oh, right. I, I don't think that'll be there much longer. Um, Another Coolum track, essentially. The Coolum yeah. in Australia recently got shut down because it's been overtaken by industrial blocks. Yeah, that that will probably happen there. Um, but yeah, no, that's another that's another cool track. But I can't really see a, a senior nationals being being held there. It would need quite a bit of quite a bit of work. But um, that's yeah, that's a cool cool track to go practice on as well. Um, yeah, rumor on the street is no South Island rounds next year. Um, curious to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit disappointing for the South Island riders, but. Hey, if they can, if they can subsidise us somehow to get us up there, I know, you know, times are tough financially for for everyone. And and from what I heard from the meeting at the track on on Saturday, they had like a rider and team meeting and everyone to to hear what everyone's thoughts were about the nationals. And from from what I gathered and and what they said, MNZ is is you know there is no money and the kind of in the shit. So. Um, yeah, no, no South Island rounds. It is a little bit disappointing because it is a New Zealand championship, but hey, it is what it is. And if they can subsidise us somehow by, I don't know, free entries or 25% off the ferries or, or something like that, you know, um, it would go a long way for the South Island riders. And I think I think they would still come. The tracks up north are sick. So um, as long as they can subsidise it somehow, I, th- I don't think there will be a, be a problem with it. Yeah, I've always sort of thought that... Um... Yeah, I feel like free entries isn't too much. They'll um, be taking it out of MNZ's pocket. And then, yeah. Nah, uh, what's entry? 170, is it, for one, for an entry? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't enter myself now, so I don't know what it is this year. So, yeah, if you took 170 over four rounds, it's close to 700. So it does actually add up when you think about it like that. Yeah, 100%. But the South Island riders, I don't know how... I know from down home, there's only really me, Jack Simon, Liam Hoffman, um, Brandon Hall. There's only, yeah, there's only a handful of us um, that are that are doing it. And from Christchurch, I'm not 100% sure. And Nelson, I know there's quite a few. But as I said, if they could subsidise it somehow, even if it wasn't free entries, if it was half-price entries and, you know, 25% off a Fieri or blah, 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 or if they, they paid for, I don't know, motels or something like that or there are such there to subsidize it somehow i don't think there'd be there wouldn't be that much uproar about it no no i'd almost be more for that than you know everyone's because 
quite a bit of money. I'm not, I have mad respect for the South Highlanders, but yeah, everyone sort of kicked up a sting about the cost of getting everyone down there for one weekend. Yeah, definitely. I feel like if they do it, they need to do it for, you know, race a Friday and a Sunday or, you know, back-to-back weekends or, or something like that to make it more make it more worthwhile for, for you guys coming down, you know. Um, and especially since we do have some we do have some pretty cool tracks here with Cromwell, Clutha, Sandpit, and there's a lot of private tracks that people, you know, if they knew they were coming down that you could ride, that you guys could ride. So it's never an issue, but I just feel like if they organised it a bit better, then I don't think there'd be that much backlash yeah. against it. Yeah, like I've had the thoughts of every second or third year have like, you know, double header down the south with two different tracks because I'm sure South Otago and Southland would be well um stumbling a bit tonight. Be well welcoming to have that sort of um set up. Yeah, I think so too. Um and you know, if if all the rounds are in the North Island or all the rounds are in the South Island, you know, you subsidize either either island or something like that and if it, if it's half and half, no one gets subsidized and then it's, you know, it's all fair. Um, I think that's just the biggest thing is if you can make it fair, then then who really cares, you know? Um, it, it, it's racing and it's a New Zealand championship and people are going to show up either way because everyone's going for that same goal, goal to win. Yeah, absolutely. I know in the Enduro series they do that. They'll have back-to-back weekends in south and back-to-back in north. And, yeah, it works out quite well for both parties because you'll find somewhere you can leave your bikes or just have a bit of a holiday even in between rounds, you know. So there, there, there are ways around it. Just getting everyone on the um the same page is the biggest thing. Yeah, 100%. And as long as MNZ can sort this sort this stuff out, and uh, I'm I'm happy that they're listening to the riders and, and teams and stuff like that and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, listening. So um, it's a massive step forward and um, I don't know the people from MNZ that that were running the meeting and stuff like that, but um, they did. I thought they did a really good job at listening and taking notes. And whether they take that into account or whatever, um, at least uh, you know, asking for our opinion and and trying to trying to make a change because at the end of the day, the numbers are decreasing every year. Um, so we need to get them back up and and get more people on their bikes racing. Yeah, because there's definitely the riders out there. The magic is just getting them to turn up and participate. Yeah, 100%. Like, even though oh, you can't really compare it, but the weekend before at Lawrence, which is like 20, 30 minutes from Balclutha, at a trail ride, they had 1,200 riders, and there was probably, what, 100 at Senior Nationals? I think maybe have been just a bit below that, even. Yeah, like, it, it's crazy. There's people riding, but... Um, they don't, you know, they don't want to do the MNZ stuff because of the, the crazy expense and and just yeah, I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not really sure how do you, how you get more people to do us to do the nationals or or whatever if it's you know, um, yeah, I'm I'm not sure, but there is people out there riding, especially down down home, you know, we got a local club called Southern Dirt Bike Riders, they just do like flat tracks and and a couple club champs at you know a track up the road um with jumps and stuff and they get crazy entries man they get like 500 entries or 
350 entries or whatever a race day and you go to an MNZ one and there's 150 people max down here um it's crazy so they need to figure it out and and be able to be able to make it work again my opinion is um all those riders don't have anywhere to ride at an amateur event like i know there's ms mx3 but that's in my opinion not enough um do you know much about the sunshine state series in australia yeah, I was actually just looking at the um, results and stuff from that, how they have the novice and intermediate and expert, or I thought uh, pro or whatever it was called. Yeah, pro expert and clubman. So yeah. ABC, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at the results from there. And between the three MX2 classes, there would have been close to 80, 90 entries just in, that, in the MX2 division. Yeah, 100%. So they um, almost need, need to follow that model, I feel like. Have yeah. Grades um, for um, people to sort of work their way through like a ranking system almost. Yeah, 100%. And oh, I'm not 100% sure um, how they'd do that and if they'd do that. But at the end of the day. I mean, that's how uh, it used to be back in, work, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Dad, my old man used to race, and, and he used to say that. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they'll do it or, or whatever, but um, I feel like they're taking the right step. Right step in the dirt. Right. Oh, whatever the fucking saying is. Yeah, we're both. Um, <laughs> this hasn't been going the smoothest, but yeah. No, nah, no, nah, nah, but at least they're taking a right step in the direction so, to get it sorted. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the biggest thing is just communicate ideas amongst amongst everyone because i feel like for the longest time everything was so quiet so nothing really got changed and yeah, it sounds like mnz are really you know striving for a change so you know so yeah hopefully better things come in the future speaking of future round three at pocket cohen round four at taranaki coming up in the next month or so are you looking forward to that yeah, definitely. Um, I haven't ridden too much clay, but when I have, I've loved it. So um, I fly back up north on the 6th um, and I'll stay in Taupo and then try go ride some clay tracks around there, try get down to Taranaki and I'm pretty sure Pocky has a club day on or a practice day or something on um, that weekend. So um, that weekend after I fly up, so I'll go there and and try shake down, get a few settings, base settings for the bike, and and yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, have you re- ridden either of the tracks in the, in the past? Uh, yep, yeah, I've ridden them years and years. Twenty, oh no, not years and years ago. Uh, Twenty twenty one, I rode Pocky when they had the nationals there, and unfortunately, I broke my hand there. And then Taranaki. Um, I've, I don't think I've ridden it with the new changes, but I've ridden it beforehand. So both, both pretty clay, both get deep ruts, but, um, nah, I, I love it. I love, I love deep ruts. So it'll be sick. Do you mind touching on what happened at Pookie last time you were there? Uh, yeah, oh, I was going, I was going pretty average and then I was coming up and, uh, I can't remember who was in front of me, but um, after the finish line, they have those little barrier things that they fill with water or something. After the step um, up? Yeah, where the finish line is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and someone clipped it and just dragged it out onto the track a little bit, and I jumped and just landed straight on it, and it and it broke my hand in a, in a couple of places. So um, that was that was a little bit tough, but um, apart from that, I was, I was loving it there, so it was sick. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they do any major overhauls for this round or not. Yeah, oh, I don't. I can't even really remember it. So um, it'll be good. Uh, uh, basically, a, a fresh track. So um, I'll be sweet. I'm looking forward to it. Are you happy with the gap in between um, this past round and the next round? Because I think it's four uh, weeks. Yeah, it's quite a bit of time. Um, I'm not stoked on it but I can't change it. So um, we'll just have to get on with it. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's yeah, four more weeks. You have to try, try stay in pretty good shape. It's four more weeks of extra riding and a little bit of extra risk and, and stuff like that. And, and just like your average week of, for us guys going riding and, and training how much fuel and oil and everything we're using, like it's, um it's quite costly and, and, and the stakes are quite high, so I'm not stoked on it. But it is what it is, and and we'll just have to have, just have to make do and and come out swinging. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, I think that wraps up our time here. So, um, I'm guessing podium will be the will it be the aim for the next few rounds? Yeah, definitely. See if we can put it on the box. Um, be good to be good to um, finish the year finish the year strong, especially as especially with my rookie year um, on the 450. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. All I can do is my best. So we'll be giving, out a, giving it out all every time we're out there and um, hopefully we can take home that 3NZ. That's the stuff, man. Oh, well, super appreciative of your time tonight and, yeah, wish you the best for the next next couple of weeks. Cheers, bro. Yep, see you, mate. Too easy. Bye. Alrighty, people, that was Jatralor. Really good talk with him. And yeah, I actually learned a little bit about the South Island. Because again, it's not a super covered scene. So I really don't know what goes on down there. But yeah, no, super cool. Good points they got brought up. Again, I, I like tangents. Rambled a little bit about my own theories and opinions on the future. Which I really just need to dedicate a whole episode to that rather than sort of drag it through every episode so my bad on that but yeah like if anyone wants to see proof of um the system i believe needs to be implemented here i'm just going to um instagram facebook or even my laps sunshine state mx series look at how the classes they run i think that's the way forward but either way that's a wrap almost a wrap on the show Next round is in four weeks' time in Pukekohe, Harrisville. Going back there. That should be pretty exciting, actually. Hopefully, again, they get... The best thing with Harrisville, they need to nail the prep. I don't think they need to go balls deep. But don't give a scratch where it's just baked. You need to find, like, a happy medium there. So then we get good lines, consistent lines. You know, just more than one line that... You can race with. You know, that's a big thing. You need to be able to race race around the track. Not just follow. Like just pass around. And then, after that, we'll move on to Taranaki and wrap up this title. Now, I need to double... Someone confirm this with me. I think there's a 
commissioner meeting before um, sign on it every round on the day beforehand. If that's the case, um, I'd like to confirm that. And if you have any thoughts and opinions on what the series needs to progress in the future, I believe that's what these meetings are for. But MNZ, please just give us more than like 12 hours heads up that this is actually a thing, you know? Because most of us missed that last one because half of us were on a plane or a ferry or driving. So a little bit more organization and that will go a long way. Yeah, no, looking forward to the rest of the series. I've got a couple more shows in between then planned. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing every week, but I'm going to try and aim for every week. But you'll see on the socials, I'll put up a um, the Q&A thing again, because I really enjoy answering to everyone's questions. Again, feedback's always great. Give us a like, um, a rating, a follow, all that jazz on what platforms. Also, actually, this show's on Spotify and Apple. Is there any other sh platforms that people use? Let me know, so then I can get that out there for you guys. But yeah, that's going to be a wrap on the show, people. Um, yes, you'll hear from us next time. Cheers.